This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. This is Cherry Agarwal and today we have on the panel our special correspondent Amit Bhardwaj. Hi, Amit. Hello. Our desk writer, Gaurav Sarkar. Hi, Hi Gaurav. And we would also be having two guests joining us over the phone. a very senior journalist from Chhattisgarh Kamal Shukla who's the editor of Bhumkal Samachar and has been reporting from Chhattisgarh for over 3 decades now and a Kerala based reporter with Indian Express Digital Vishnu Verma so amit let's begin with you over the past week what do you think was overreported and what went underreported in the media see uh, if you talk in terms of what was overreported uh, this is the news coming from bihar and the most politically relevant family or the family in controversy right now uh, the yadav family so most they, politically yeah, in bihar the politi- in bihar ha okay. i started with saying that news is coming from bihar so okay, it sure. means otherwise i would have said gandhis so yeah now we're off so uh, uh, the yadavs and uh, we have been somehow Uh, too fascinated by Tej Pratap Yadav's marriage and uh, the crisis in the marriage, rather. Mm-hmm. So, like most of the Bollywood reporters covering uh, the Bollywood in Bombay or other, you know, other states of the country are mm-hmm. interested. When is Salu Bhai getting married? So, right now, uh, we are very much interested in when is uh, Tej Pratap, you know, why is Tej Pratap giving di- divorce? or uh, when he is getting the divorce done and what is the reason behind it and there are a lot of stories which is being uh, i would say you know it could be figment of imagination like i was uh, watching this particular news i happened to watch this particular news i don't know the details where they were saying that uh, tej pratap hotel mein apne suraksha karmiyon ko chakma deke gayab ho gaye so why are we so much interested in someone's marriage like he got married 6 months back and he's uh, it's not working out for him it's his personal matter maybe we can report it once or twice but i certainly don't find the merit to you know bother the family uh, the bo- uh, to bother tej pratap or his uh, uh, brother tejasvi for days in and out like if you go through just type tej pratap yadav you'll get n number of reports for the past 7 days and it's ridiculous you know no i mean i agree hmm. with you that when it comes to personal life and privacy there's a certain line to be drawn by the media but then again you began with saying that in bihar it's one of the most politically relevant families so i understand why the media is going after his personal life and it's also about sort of what sells and i think we need to distinguish between what would sell and what our culture or what we actually want to write or report on so you're saying that was overreported what was I under- think it is also the classic case of indians who are stuck and confused about you know ek taraf aap modern hain dusre taraf aapko cultural aspect mein rehna hai to then you are so confused and hence I mean, this high moral ground of morality comes into play even when you are reporting theek hai bhai nayi shaadi kaam kar rahi hai 6 mahine mein divorce de raha hai uska matter hai find out something else to I report mean, you know i mean if there was a dilemma and people were actually reflecting and improving that would have been a good thing but i don't think there's a dilemma 
the reportage that you're talking about shows that they have taken a stand that this is what we are going to report on which is why it's overreported and not only that while they are talking about the divorce they are also referring to his avatars like kabhi krishna banke ghumte hain kabhi shiv banke ghumte hain so all that yeah uh, so what was underreported ha now this news is also coming from bihar and mm-hmm. it's also coming from delhi because uh, the uh, bihar police was pulled up by the supreme court in the muzaffarpur uh, shelter home case hmm. which uh, news laundry has also reported in the past where rohin did a fantastic report and uh, so the ex minister manju verma uh whose husband is prime accused in the case muzaffarnagar mm-hmm. shelter home case mm-hmm. because the shelter home was managed by his ngo uh she is absconding and the police has failed to find her mm-hmm. so supreme court said it's fantastic how you have not been able to find ex minister like it's mm-hmm. not any criminal or a random person she is a very high profile person and also because it was very much there in the news mm-hmm. and uh, so this i think should have been reported considering the kind of uh, attention the media gave the muzaffarnagar shelter home Absolutely. episode mm. so i think we uh, somehow missed it true i mean the kind of attention just taking from what you've said the kind of attention that abhijit ayer mitra's sort of arrest and his uh, video caught on twitter what did not get much importance or what has been sort of eluding the media now is that his second bail plea has also been rejected and now he has been in jail for nearly 22 days for a joke that was cracked so i mean this thing about what the media covers and what sort of recedes from their limelight is definitely something to be looked at now let's go to kamal shukla editor of bhumkal samachar to talk about what's happening in chatisgarh uh, hi kamal sir welcome to reporters without orders सो तो आप छत्तीसगढ़ से मोर देन थ्री डेकेड से रिपोर्ट कर रहे हैं एंड तो मेरा आपसे ये सवाल था कि वॉट इज़ योर रीड ऑफ द सिचुएशन देयर वहाँ पे इंक्लूडिंग आज सुबह जो आईडी ब्लास्ट हुआ सो उन छत्तीसगढ़ के पॉलिटिक्स के टर्म में वॉट इज़ योर रीड ऑफ द सिचुएशन एंड ऑल्सो आज सुबह बीजेपी ने कहा कि हाई वोटर टर्न जो है दैट शोज दैट देर इज नो एंटी इनकम्बेंसी इन द स्टेट सो वुड यू अग्री विथ वट द बीजेपी सिंह Uh, नहीं बिल्कुल छत्तीसगढ़ की जनता जो है पूरा पंद्रह साल के शासन से काफी त्रस्त हो गई है और इन्होंने जितने भी वादे किए थे जनता के साथ जी आ, वो कोई पूरे नहीं हुए इसलिए सब इस शासन से त्रस्त हैं और इसको बिल्कुल उखाड़ के फेंकना चाहते हैं जी और बस्तर में भी अभी ऐसी स्थिति है जी की अभी जो चुनाव हुए हैं प्रथम चरण के उसका जो पूरा जो रिपोर्ट मिल रहा है सब जगह से वो बीजेपी के खिलाफ ज्यादा मतदान हुआ है इस तरह के संकेत मिल रहे हैं अच्छा कमल जी अमित बोल रहा हूँ मैं आमतौर पे मतलब राजनीतिक रिपोर्टिंग में खास करके जो चुनावों की रिपोर्टिंग होती है उसमें कहा जाता है कि जब भी वोटिंग परसेंटेज बढ़ता है इसका मतलब है कि सत्ताधारी पार्टी के लिए खतरे की घंटी है और दूसरा कि यहाँ जिस इलाके में जिन 18 सीटों पे अभी पहले चरण में वोटिंग हुई है वहाँ जो वोटिंग परसेंटेज है उसको लेके बहुत सारे कयास लगाए जा रहे हैं एक तरफ कांग्रेस का आरोप है जिसको नक्सलवादियों ने भी ताकत दी है कि भाई वोटिंग जो हुई है उसमें सरकार ने सरकारी तंत्र का इस्तेमाल किया है तो जो आंकड़े हैं हायर वोटर टर्नआउट जो है उसको किस तरह से देख रहे हैं जो वहां पे लोकल पत्रकार हैं या आप लोगों के पास जो इनपुट है जी हम लोगों ने यहाँ स्थानीय स्तर पर जो पत्रकार हैं कई पत्रकारों ने बात पहले ही चुनाव से पहले ही लिख दिया था संकेत दे दिया था कि इस तरह के यहाँ संभावना हो सकती है कि इस बार जो है 
अंदरूनी इलाकों में भारी मात्रा में फर्जी मतदान कराए गए इसके लिए बहुत सारी कांग्रेस के जो यहाँ पे विपक्ष नेता हैं भूपेश बघेल उन्होंने भी ट्वीट करके जता दिया था चुनाव से पहले ही कि सरकार के उच्च स्तर के अधिकारियों ने ऐसे निर्देश दिए हैं बस्तर में कि वो अंदरूनी क्षेत्रों के मत, में फर्जी मतदान कराएं और बिना सील बंद किए बिना क्लोज किए हुए एटी लेके आए और आपको पहली मैं बता रहा हूँ अमित जी की ऐसा पहली बार हुआ है इतने वर्षों के चुनाव में कि आ, आज अभी भी इस समय भी पूरी तरह से चुनाव आयोग ने फाइनल डिक्लेयर नहीं किया है कि परसेंटेज और और बढ़ेंगे कि नहीं अच्छा। अभी भी अभी अभी आधा घंटा पहले सूचना मिली है कि अभी भी जो है सौ से ज्यादा पेटी जो है बूथ के रिजल्ट आए नहीं है मतलब यहाँ तक पहुंचे नहीं है जगदलपुर और कांकेर कार्यालय जिला कार्यालय में निर्वाचन के तो मतलब और परसेंटेज बढ़ने की संभावना है तो ये... नारायणपुर से भी हमारे साथियों ने सूचना दिया है कि वहां पे कई बूथ में जो माओवादी इलाके के बूथ है वहां भारी मात्रा में फर्जी तरीके से वोट डाले गए हैं मरे हुए लोगों के नाम से भी वोट डाले गए हैं जो जेल में बंद है उनके नाम से भी वोट हुआ है तो इस बार जो अधिक परसेंटेज जो हो रहा है वो निश्चित रूप से संदेहास्पद है और इसका मतलब पहले की जो धारणा था कि ज्यादा परसेंटेज हुआ तो सरकार के खिलाफ जाएगी हो सकता है इस बार ये उल्टा हो जाए जी लेकिन आप कह रहे हैं कि चुनाव प्रक्रिया खत्म होने के 36 घंटे बाद भी और अगर आज शाम तक फाइनल नतीजे नहीं मतलब वोटिंग परसेंटेज का डिक्लेरेशन नहीं होता तो 48 घंटा हो जाएगा चुनाव आयोग ने अभी मतलब फाइनल रूप से कुछ बताया नहीं है कि एग्जैक्ट वोटिंग कितना हुआ कि क्या वोटर टर्नआउट रहा है नहीं, नहीं बताया उन्होंने आज कल भी जो पत्रकार वार्ता लिया था उसमें कहा था की अभी और बढ़ सकता है क्योंकि बहुत जगह से सूचनाएं पहुंची नहीं है ये ऐसा पहली बार हुआ है जब इतना हम आधुनिक हो गए हैं इतना हमारे पास तंत्र है मोबाइल का युग है और सारे इंटीरियर क्षेत्रों से इनको जो वायरलेस मैसेज हैं वो भी प्राप्त हो चुके होंगे तो भी आज तीसरे दिन तक अगर ये नहीं आ रहा है तो काफी बड़ा संदेह उत्पन्न करता है और कांग्रेस के जो आरोप है वो और माओवादियों ने जो आरोप लगाए थे वो कहीं ना कहीं सही होते प्रतीत हो रहे हैं कि कुछ न कुछ गड़बड़ तो हुआ है कमल जी मुझे आपसे ये भी पूछना था आपने रिसेंटली इंडिया टुडे के राहुल कंवल ने एक सिमिलेटेड शो किया कि छत्तीसगढ़ में कैसे रिपोर्टिंग कर सकते हैं या बेसिकली एनकाउंटर एक सीआरपीएफ का सीआरपीएफ के साथ उन्होंने एक सिमुलेशन एक्सरसाइज की थी तो मुझे जानना था अगर आपने वो पहला तो ये है आपने क्या वो शो देखा है या आपको पता है इसके बारे में जी मैं वो शो देखा नहीं हूँ बस सुना हूँ उसके बारे में सो आई मीन आई वॉन्ट टू आस्क की कॉन्फ्लिक्ट एरिया से जब रिपोर्ट करते हैं तो क्या कॉशंस लेना चाहिए क्या ऐसे क्योंकि जब दूरदर्शन के कैमरा पर्सन की डेथ हुई थी जब वो वहाँ गए थे तो भी इस बारे में काफ़ी चर्चा हुई थी कि रिपोर्टर्स जब वहाँ जाते हैं तो सिक्योरिटी पर्सनल के साथ जाना चाहिए या नहीं जाना चाहिए या बेसिकली कॉन्फ्लिक्ट जोन से जब रिपोर्ट करते हैं तो क्या कॉशन लेना चाहिए और क्योंकि आप तीन डेकेड से रिपोर्ट कर रहे हैं तो आपने वहाँ पे क्या चैलेंजेस फेस किए हमारे लिए तो मेरे लिए तो बहुत आश्चर्य का विषय है कि इस तरह के मतलब सुरक्षा बलों ने सुरक्षा के बड़े अधिकारियों ने इस तरह की अनुमति कैसे दिया किसी पत्रकार को अपने साथ जाने की क्योंकि पूरा युद्ध का क्षेत्र है हमको तो यहाँ जब हम रिपोर्टिंग के लिए जाते हैं तो हमको कैंप में ही रोक दिया जाता है बोलते हैं कि आपको सुरक्षा के सवाल है हम जाने नहीं देंगे तो मैं मैं मेरा सुझाव ये है सारे पत्रकारों के लिए कि ये बिल्कुल युद्ध की स्थिति है आप ना तो आप वार ग्रुप जो अंदर के जो लोग जो लड़ रहे हैं उनके साथ जाके आप खड़े हुए ना आप जो पुलिस के जो लोग हैं फोर्स के जो जवान है उनके साथ आप जाके रिपोर्टिंग करें 
क्योंकि दोनों ओर से किसी भी तरफ से गोली आपको लग सकती है अब इसके लिए आप किसी एक पक्ष को दोष देना उचित नहीं होगा कमल जी आपका कोई रेकमेंडेशन हो हमारे रीडर्स के लिए हमारे लिसनर्स के लिए कि उन्हें छत्तीसगढ़ को समझने के लिए या छत्तीसगढ़ में जो माहौल है वो समझने के लिए कुछ पढ़ना चाहिए या कोई डॉक्यूमेंट्री या कुछ देखनी चाहिए तो वो आप रेकमेंड कर सकते हैं जी अभी तो मैं ये कहना चाहूंगा की मैं ऐसा कोई रिकमेंड नहीं कर रहा मगर अभी चुनाव के बारे में एक चीज जरूर बोलना चाहूंगा जिसका रिपोर्टिंग अभी मैंने देखा की कहीं से हो नहीं पाया है हमारे लोकल हम जो स्थानीय लोग हैं हमारे लिए बहुत दिक्कतें हैं कि हमको यहाँ रिपोर्टिंग से रोका जाता है हमको यहाँ अंदर जाने से रोका जाता है और एक तरफ ये अपने साथ मुठभेड़ में भी कुछ बाहर के पत्रकारों को लेके जाते हैं तो मैं ये बताना चाहूंगा अभी जो चुनाव हुआ है उसमें सबसे बड़ा लोकतांत्रिक चीज ये हुआ जो मैंने देखा की बहुत बहुत बड़ी संख्या में लोगों को मतदान करने से हमारे चुनाव आयोग ने ही रोक दिया यानी आप तीस तीस चालीस किलोमीटर लोगों को चलने के लिए आप मजबूर करते हैं उनका बूथ आप शहर के किनारे लाकर सिफ्ट कर देते हैं और ये ऐसे लोग हैं जिनके साथ पास सरकार जो है पूरे पांच साल तक उनको नागरिक सुविधाएं देने के लिए भी नहीं पहुंचती है उनको स्वास्थ्य सुविधा देने के लिए नहीं पहुंचती उनको शिक्षा देने के लिए नहीं पहुंचती है उनको रोड देने के लिए नहीं पहुंचती है उनको पानी देने के लिए नहीं पहुंचती है उनसे आप अपेक्षा करते हैं कि पांच साल में वो सड़क के किनारे 30 किलोमीटर 40 किलोमीटर 50 किलोमीटर चल के वोट डालने आए तो ये किसी भी तरह से इसको लोकतांत्रिक नहीं कहा जा सकता अब ऐसे मतदाताओं की संख्या तीन लाख से ज्यादा है तो मतदाताओं को आप लोकतांत्रिक प्रक्रिया में भाग देने के लिए इस तरह से आप अलोकतांत्रिक तरीके से रोक रहे हैं तो मैं सोचता हूँ ये चुनाव को अपन लोकतांत्रिक नहीं कर सकते ऐसे इलाकों में ऐसे इलाके जहां मैं आपको बता रहा हूं आप राजनीतिक दलों के सारे नेताओं से संपर्क कर लीजिए मतदान जो दल हैं उनके लिए तो हेलीकॉप्टर सुविधा उपलब्ध कराया जाता है जी। उनके लिए सुरक्षा के सौ सौ दो दो सौ जवानों का दस्ता उपलब्ध कराया जाता है मगर इन इन्हीं इलाकों के मतदान बूथों में राजनीतिक राजनीतिक दलों के प्रतिनिधियों को एजेंटों को जाने के लिए सरकार कोई सुविधा नहीं दे पा रही है तो जब राजनीतिक दल के वहाँ कोई एजेंट रहेंगे ही नहीं तो कैसे कहा जा सकता है कि वो जो चुनाव है वो फोर्स ने दबाव से नहीं कराया है वहाँ फर्जी मतदान नहीं हुए हैं ये इसका दावा कैसे कर सकते चुनाव आयोग मुझे एक छोटी सी क्लैरिफिकेशन चाहिए थी आपने कहा कि चुनाव आयोग लोगों को वोट करने से रोक रहा है इज इट बिकॉज एक्सेस टू वो वोटिंग सेंटर्स बहुत मुश्किल है कि मतलब कैसे आप एक तरफ से दावा कर रहे हैं कि छत्तीसगढ़ में दो चरणों में चुनाव इसलिए जरूरी है जी कि वह माओवादी इलाका है और सुरक्षा व्यवस्था हम दो चरणों में ही मतलब उपलब्ध करा के हम करा सकते हैं तो आप तीन चरण में कर लीजिए चार चरण में कर जी जी मगर आप जिन इलाकों के जो मतदाता है उनको उन्ही इलाके में आप जाके वोट कराइए ना जी उनको आप उनके बूथ ऑलरेडी बस्तर में पहले से भी जो बूथ का सिस्टम है बस्तर के गांव की जो व्यवस्था है वो एक एक गांव चार चार पांच पांच किलोमीटर के दायरे में फैला रहता है दो घर आप एक किलोमीटर के दूर में है दो घर फिर दूसरे किलोमीटर में है इस तरह से पांच छह गांव मिला के एक बूथ होता है बिल्कुल पहले से ही उनको दस बारह किलोमीटर पैदल चलना पड़ता है अब ऐसे बूथ को आप चार पांच बूथ को ला आप शहर के किनारे ला या कैंप में ला रख देते हैं और कैंप को लेकर ऐसे ही बस्तर में एक दहशत का माहौल है कि लोग जो है कैम्प के आसपास से गुजरना पसंद नहीं करते कैम्प के डर में बाजार आना पसंद नहीं करते तो कैम्प के पास आप बूथ लाके रखते हैं तो सीधा सीधा आप उनको बूथ बोट डालने के लिए आप रोक रहे हैं माओवादी के रोकने से कितना अंतर पड़ता है मैं नहीं कह सकता मगर ये तो अंतर मैं देख रहा हूँ कि आप चुनाव की व्यवस्था के कारण से लोग भारी संख्या में वोट नहीं डाल पाते Uh, कमल जी आपसे एक आखिरी सवाल ये था जब लोग दिल्ली से या जब लोग मेन मीडिया से बस्तर में जाते हैं या छत्तीसगढ़ जाते हैं माओवादियों पे नैक्सल्स पे वहाँ के पॉलिटिक्स पे रिपोर्ट करने के लिए तो उनकी जो रिपोर्टाज निकल के आती है मुझे ऐसा लगता है कि उसमें वो सॉर्ट ऑफ नुआंस वो अंडरस्टैंडिंग नहीं होती है जो आप 
वहाँ से लोकल रिपोर्टर्स वहाँ से जो बस्तर को छत्तीसगढ़ को समझते हैं वो दे पाएंगे तो मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया की कवरेज छत्तीसगढ़ की कवरेज पे आपकी अगर कोई टिप्पणी हो तो मैं वो भी जानना चाहूँगी खास करके जो चुनावों में रिपोर्टिंग हुई है जहाँ हमारे जैसे ही पत्रकार यहाँ से गए हैं और हम सीनियर संपादक वगैरह गए छत्तीसगढ़ से रिपोर्ट कर रहे थे तो उन खबरों को पढ़ के या देख के क्या प्रतिक्रिया रही आप लोगों की निश्चित रूप से जो बाहर से जितने नेशनल मीडिया के लोग और जो दिल्ली और मुंबई और बाहर से जो आ रहे हैं उनको उन्हीं इलाकों में सरकार जाने दे रही है जहाँ की खबरें सरकार चाहती है कि बाहर आ जाए मगर उन इलाकों की खबरें जहाँ पे सरकार नहीं चाहती जहाँ पे काफी कुछ गड़बड़ करके रखा गया है जहाँ पे जहाँ के मुद्दे जहाँ पे मीडिया कहीं पहुंच रही है लोकल मीडिया मीडिया कहीं पहुंच रही है तो उन इलाकों की चीजें वो जो सच्चाई है वो सामने नहीं आया बस्तर के लोगों का वास्तविक मुद्दा मैंने इस चुनाव में नहीं देखा बस्तर के लोग यहाँ का जो भोग रहे हैं भारी संख्या में फर्जी मुठभेड़ से मारे जा रहे हैं भारी संख्या में लोगों को फर्जी गिरफ्तारी करके रखा गया है तो ये सब मुद्दे यहाँ पे अभी दिखे नहीं है मतलब एक्चुअल ग्राउंड के मुद्दे उठाने चाहिए बट वो साइडलाइन हो जा रहे हैं मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया में जी कमल जी थैंक यू सो मच फॉर योर इनसाइट्स गौरव कमिंग टू यू कुड यू टेल मी व्हाट इज हैपनिंग विद नेशनल हेरल्ड आई हैवन बीन एबल टू फॉलो दैट स्टोरी हाँ सो यू नो एज ऑफ नाउ इट सीम्स लाइक the law is the law seems to be catching up with all the participants who were allegedly played a role in the national herald case but uh, the the story that we did for the understanding of our readers could you give us a brief about the national herald case so the national herald case as of now is uh, you you can you can you can divide it in two parts one is about the paper itself the publication national herald which is uh, no longer a print publication it's a multimedia publication and that's where the main controversy lies that can you have a building where you don't have a where you allegedly don't have a press and the other part to it is political in nature which is about rahul and uh, rahul gandhi and sonia gandhi their income tax being reassessed which they have been uh, you know pushing the supreme court to hear them out and right now december 4th has been decided as the date to hear their review petition for their 2012 to 2011 to 2012 income tax reassessment so this is the case in a nutshell so the action with the national herald case seems to have broken uh, seems to have broken open on monday uh, what what happened was that the ministry of urban housing and development had issued a notice to national herald the publication on october 30th saying that you need to vacate the premises which is herald house located at bahadur shah zafar marg in delhi mm-hmm. um, right next to express building right next to practically all the uh, newspaper buildings but it's an iconic building herald house and uh, they were asked to vacate by november 15th so uh, the ministry of urban housing and development asked uh, national herald to vacate the premises by november 15th but uh, the in the eve, what what happened after october 30th was that representatives from national herald or from ajl could not really approach the courts since the courts were shut for diwali at the time so they couldn't really formally lodge a plea or a yeah. petition to you know uh, but what is track. their argument against what is happening because they are no longer a print publication okay. so in uh, i think in 2016 is when they converted from print to go to digital yeah, yeah. but and that is where the main discrepancy lies because if you have been given a building or a property by the ministry of urban housing development then you need to have printing purposes or press purposes or press activities that are going Journalistic on inside the building activities correct. quote unquote correct so although going multimedia or going digital might be considered a journalistic activity this allegation of that you don't have 
printing that's going on that that, that, that mm-hmm. there are no publications that are being printed that, that was floated and based on that the uh, ministry of urban housing development issued a state issued a notice to these guys on 30th october saying that you'll have to vacate the premises by november 15th so what you're saying is journalistic activities are still happening there's there's still people who are reporting from herald house though printing isn't happening so no as of as of yesterday in the afternoon that is what we thought that there was no printing happening but once i reported on the story uh, and spoke to a source at national herald it came to light that the herald is actually publishing two of its papers in a in a in a weekly edition so every sunday they print uh, the national herald sunday edition hmm. and they also print their hindi paper navjeevan hmm. once a week so it's not like there are no print in in fact i was also told that uh, since one of their press had got spoiled they got another one replaced in the basement so there is printing activities going on in the paper as well but what i want to draw the attention to right now is the fact of what happened in the high court yesterday so representatives from herald and ajl had approached the high court saying that you know we want a speedy hearing because november 15th is approaching right now and the courts were shut for diwali but apparently what went down in the high court yesterday was that the high court registry forgot to send the case file to the designated courtroom so even though november 15th is practically was 72 hours away yesterday uh, the case wasn't heard out properly and the judge deferred the case to november 15 itself so now it seems like november 15th is going to be the d day to decide what's going to happen with national herald because in the morning they're going to hear out the case so as matters stand now please correct me if i'm sure. wrong they have to move out unless until on that day the court says that if you don't have don't to if they don't get a favorable solution they will legally have to move out but as cited by the lawyer it's not like the ministry can come and take over the premises instantly it'll take them a few weeks to initiate proceedings so there'll mm. probably be a few weeks of breathing space here and there but as of now thursday seems to be the day as to when we will know what exactly is going to happen with her but sure. if the court does not gives a stay order on it mm-hmm. on the uh, whatever notice has been issued by the ministry vacation of premises mm-hmm. the ministry can technically seal the premises right correct but they cannot intrude or take over the premises they can seal it which means mm. that which means that worst case scenario national herald needs to have a contingency plan in place right but as i was told by my source a contingency plan is not an editorial issue it's a management issue so that mm. would probably be left up to them also gorov i just wanted your thoughts on what was underreported or what was overreported by the media over the last week So one piece of news that I found was underreported this week was uh, you know the findings of India Spends Hate Tracker which showed that as many as 90% of religious hate crimes since 2009 uh, in India have occurred after the BJP took power at the center in 2014. Wow. So uh, you know if you're an avid consumer of news anyway it doesn't take a genius to figure that the frequency of lynchings and hate crimes in India especially targeted towards minorities have been on a steady increase right now mm-hmm. but this figure of 90% seems very staggering and this is something which deserved to be done a deep dive into by national media portals at least I mean just because you're mentioning this I want to mention Uh, that uh, the New York Times came out uh-huh. with a report stating that there's been a 15% rise in hate crimes in the US since Donald Trump took over and mm-hmm. according to their report this rise is the highest rise in hate crimes in a long long time so i was like then this has there has to be sort of a deep dive or a comprehensive report that looks at hate crimes or the increase in hate crimes across the world and not mm, just globally, in india and not just yeah. like country wise but cherry you know do you think that this is a problem with 
I mean, since we're seeing Trump and Modi, and mm. since do you do you think that this is a problem with the right by any chance? Is this a problem with? I mean, I don't think I'm in a position to comment on this without actual data, which uh, which is why I also want to mention BBC's report that they came out mm-hmm. with. They do mention that one of the factors that is sort of actually it's not hate crime but fake news that they have mentioned that one of the factors driving fake news is nationalism and how the right is more sort of coalesced more mm-hmm. organized than what the left is it's not that the left is not pushing fake news but the left is not as well organized as the right is mm-hmm. so probably there are some points to take away from that mm-hmm. uh, before we move on to the next topic of discussion i want to get uh, vishnu on call to talk about what's happening with the sabrimala verdict and at the temple itself Hi Vishnu welcome to reporters once again Hi So I mean I wanted to begin with you've been covering Sabrimala so I wanted to begin with uh, the order that came out yesterday where the judges have said that there will be an open court and the review petitions would be heard on January 22nd So the first mm-hmm. question is what is the significance of this because from what I understand the temple would be closed by then by the time the right. hearing happens Right 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 So the widespread sort of feeling among the parties which had submitted the review petition was that uh, you know the court is going to uh, trash them you know uh, because it's very rare in history that uh, a five-year constitution bench in order passed by a five-year constitution bench would be reviewed uh, or that any kind any kind of review petition would actually stand in open court so the widespread feeling was that the court would trash them but contrary to popular belief the court has said that it would agree to hear the review petitions once again on January 22nd mm-hmm. i think it's very important to understand that the court is not saying that it's going to review its earlier order yeah. it has only said that on January 22 we'll sit again and the lawyers will have a chance to plead their cases mm-hmm. and we'll agree to look at these review petitions again mm-hmm. and then if these if their arguments are valid then we will review the earlier order or we will say the earlier order So right now the situation is the same. The earlier order, the September 28 order of the Supreme Court, uh, passed by the five-judge Constitution, then stands. Hmm. Uh, just the fact that these lawyers who represent the 49, uh, 50 petitions that are currently pending, mm-hmm. these lawyers have another opportunity to argue their case, to sort of make their and case, and to say that you know there are technical difficulties in implementing this order, mm-hmm. or that the majority of pilgrims in Kerala and and the southern states uh, do not want. Uh, you know, in between these ages, went to the temple. So, so I mean, um, it, it, it certainly gives the petitioners a larger case to build and mm-hmm. a, a two months as well. You know, mm-hmm. they have two months to prepare their arguments once again, yeah. and uh, they can plead their cases again. Uh, Vishnu, I also wanted to talk about, like you mentioned, that there is no stay on the original order. So, right. should that be read? If am I right in reading it as that the pushback on the ground would continue? Certainly, it will continue. Uh, and that's the biggest impediment before the state government today the ldf government uh, led by tanray vijayan has been of the firm opinion that uh, women must enter you know the party has always stood for a gender equality and uh, you know there mm-hmm. should not be discrimination mm-hmm. based on gender at the temple but the biggest constraints for the state government is to provide security uh, to these women who are coming uh, because like it or not um, as you've seen in the the, the temple has opened two times mm-hmm. in the last one month mm-hmm. for a period of for a total period of 8 days mm-hmm. and we have seen less than 20 women between these ages who have come to mm-hmm. uh, attempted to climb the temple and they've not, they've been unsuccessful of course so 
I so also want to feeling hmm. that a large number of women are going to come to the temple hasn't happened it may be because they're still afraid because there's a lot of uh, you know all this kind of pushback there's a lot of violence and a lot of women don't want to get into this uh, sort of a violent situation correct so, so in this situation yeah. would an all party yeah. meeting make a difference frankly i don't think so so the congress and the bjp might attend these uh, this meeting today with the chief minister and there are also other stakeholders like the nss and the pandalam palace uh, who are also meeting but frankly i don't think there is going to be a concrete solution out of this meeting because the congress and the bjp have been very firm that you know this they they wanted to stay on the earlier order now the bjp has already said that you know the implementation of the court order must be stopped until the final hearing on january 23 so the kind of incidents that we saw last month i'm sure they will repeat this time on friday when the temple opens there's going to be a large number of protesters from the right wing hindus who are going to stand there and they're going to block the women who come mm-hmm. so it will be a massive security challenge for the state government hi vishnu Hi. Uh I was just reading the uh, Kerala Congress chief Ram- Ramesh uh, Chennithalla's statement you know that he has asked uh, CPM government not to be stubborn and stop mm-hmm. uh, bringing women to Sabarimala so what has happened to congress there why is it acting exactly like BJP or the RSS <laughs> This is a very interesting question the congress party in Kerala is very different from the kind of national leadership of the congress uh, the national leadership has taken a stand that you know women must enter even rahul gandhi has said that mm-hmm. but the congress in kerala there is no two ways about it that its space is shrinking and that a large number of its space is being given to the bjp because a lot of you know the hindu vote in kerala is not polarized mm-hmm. never in every election that we see it's never it's, it's always divided among the three parties it never votes um, together it never votes in block you know Right. Uh, and the congress basically wants the hindu vote as well as the minority um, only along with the hindu vote and the minority can it come back to power so there's a there are two differences there's sort of dissensions within the congress leadership is what i've heard there's a liberal section of the leadership who take the stand that women must enter you know because it stands for those values you know the party stands for values like gender equality and non discrimination you know but there's an equal conservative section within the party of leaders like Ramesh Chennapala and K Sudhakaran who are very strong hindu leaders you know in their own right you know they pretend to be secular but in their own right they are hindu and they belong to these very strong hindu communities as well the nayar communities so right. it is they believe that if you give it to them if you if you allow the bjp to take over the space then there is no chance for the congress to come back to power with the help of the hindu community you know so there's a feeling within the congress that you should not allow the bjp to take advantage of this situation right you but know? then you know if we, if we talk yeah. in completely electoral terms or the pol- uh, political terms uh, this mm-hmm. never works you know that you also want the minority vote bank and uh, that is why you are part of the udf and you are also eyeing at the hindu core hindu vote bank that would that right. is almost impossible to get like right. you can't bring the hardcore hindu voters and the muslim voters together and you know bring them to the polling booths so that's right. electoral electorally impossible to do so right. i mean uh, don't they see flaw in their own argument when they are targeting or uh, they are eyeing on the hindu sentiments uh, see the congress is, the congress never gets its muslim voters alone on its own it has partners like the muslim league which is very dominant in districts like malappuram which has a large muslim population then it has partners like the kerala congress mani group which focuses on the christian 
So, um, the Congress is more like the party that attracts all sections of the society in Kerala. But um, if you see, uh, there is this, like I said, there is this feeling that BJP is taking control of the situation because, frankly, all the protests that have been seen at Shabrimala are led by the RSS, led by the BJP. And the Congress has only um, done these very, um, uh, you know, peaceful sort of protests um, uh, without the party flag, you know. They want to show that uh, they will stand up for believers, they'll stand up for devotees, but they're not going to engage in violence. The other side is that the Congress is trying to tell the Christian voters and the Muslim voters that a similar verdict could happen in your case as well, you know. A similar order from the Supreme Court uh, regarding Christian beliefs or a similar order from the Supreme Court regarding Muslim beliefs. So the Congress's stand is that the Supreme Court must not interfere in religious beliefs. Okay. Because a similar stand from uh, regarding a church or a mosque is going to rally up the Christians and the Muslims in the state also. Whereas the CPM has always been of the view that, you know, um, uh, the, the court constitutional rights should prevail over all these religious matters. You know, that's, that's their sort of stand. Vishnu Gaurav wants to come in here. He has one last question for you. Hey, Vishnu. So, uh, you know, since you've been reporting from the ground and recently when 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 the temple was open, there was an incident where uh, this this lady was heckled at and she was asked to show her Aadhaar card, you know, to uh, just to just to identify her age. And if mm-hmm. I'm not wrong, at this time, the temple was open only for a couple of days, whereas now when it's upcoming, it's going to be open for a much longer time for the, for the pilgrimages that are going to happen. So, right. you know, if if deploying if deploying more police force or more police personnel is not going to help the cause uh, because it doesn't seem to have really helped the cause yet is there really a solution to containing the violence if it breaks out on the ground from what i understand the high court has taken cognizance suomoto cognizance of the matter right mm-hmm. it has right so um, on the first few days of the, when the temple opened for the first time there was a very distinct demarcation between protesters and devotees. But when the temple opened for the second time in November, a large number of these RSS carders would come to the temple were disguised as devotees. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were wearing the black attire, which the Ayapa pilgrims usually mm-hmm. wear. So it was very difficult. So police sources, top police sources were telling us that it's very difficult to stop them. Because if you stop them, they'll say that we are Ayapa devotees, mm-hmm. we're not RSS carders, we're mm-hmm. not... BJP we are devotees who want to go to the temple. So several of the senior BJP leaders and RSS leaders are actually come wearing the black attire saying that they want to visit the temple. And when they go up to the temple, they stand there, they block it, they sort of make a, um, wow. uh, they sort of stand there and ensure that, you know, no woman comes and climbs the hill. Because the moment a woman um, shows her, you know, show, um, says that she wants to climb the hill and go to the temple, the mm. media automatically shows her pictures on TV and mm-hmm. everybody on at Chabrimala has these mobile phones and they are mm-hmm. constantly clued to the news. So whenever they hear the news of a woman climbing, they automatically rally up all their uh, all their forces and they create this violent sort of situation. So I don't think and the RSS strength as you know the RSS the Kerala is the sun's largest sort of a base in the entire country. I don't think the RSS mm-hmm. has as many volunteers as it has in Kerala, any, anywhere in the country. So RSS has the numbers to do this. You know, even if people have to change every five days or ten days, I think they have the numbers to uh, ensure enough forces at the temple to block the entry of women. Because for them, this is a very emotive issue. It's a very religious issue, and it strikes a chord with the voters as well. You know, because mm-hmm. so far their attempts to help the BJP 
uh, make inroads into Kerala hasn't worked. But this is one issue that really hmm. uh, resonates with the voters, resonates with the community as well. Right. They don't want to let go of it. So hmm. police are going to have a very hard time proposing um, these protesters. very clear thank you so much vishnu for all your inputs and thank you for joining us for reporters no thank you so much uh i want to talk about um, that cnn has filed a lawsuit against uh, us president trump. donald trump and his top aides uh, because according to them the white house has violated cnn and jim acosta's first amendment rights of freedom of speech and fifth amendment rights to due process this was because jim acosta had asked a question to donald trump during a press conference/briefing and uh, Donald Trump had retorted calling him a very rude reporter and as he usually does often he addresses CNN as fake news and then later Jim Acosta's press credentials were taken away press credentials to the White House uh, the entry pass if i'm not wrong to the White House was taken away and this was CNN's response to uh, Donald Trump but since we are talking about mor- morality or moral high ground that sort of i am taking from what i understand i just wanted your thoughts on do you think that indian journalists or indian media houses would be able to take such a stand is that a question yes like despite knowing how we operate and <laughs> i mean yeah sure i think it's it shouldn't be a question we already know what are the facts of the what matter what are the facts amit i mean everybody knows like anyone listening this uh, podcast would know like you know even if you question the uh, even the state governments i'm not even talking about the central government the kind of responses that you get on social media or uh, the party supporters or uh, in the party offices by the spokespersons uh, you know that you know it it as a democracy we need to grow a lot there's a long journey that we have to that's a nice way to evade the answer but korov mm, i think amit is actually pretty much right on this one mm. uh, there is a responsibility that we have and i'm just going to cut it short and say that i don't see us as a fraternity rising up to that responsibility anytime soon my question i don't know if i was clear was about whether sort of media houses would be able to take on the government in and stand up for their own reporter well no we 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 have seen instances of that happening we mm-hmm. have seen that the publications and the channels do stand up for their reporters but we also have to be acutely aware of the pressure that this creates from the government mm-hmm. on the publication True. itself so it depends on that i mean that i agree tussle. with both of you that there's a responsibility we need to live up to when there's a lot of space for us but to do that but the reporter can be as outspoken uh, only as much as the backing that they have from their publication that's that's, that's of point. that's of primal importance so uh, we are going to close the podcast but i do want to ask you both for your recommendations gorav if you want to go first sure so as we all know creator of some of the best comic works in the world uh, in the marvel cinematic universe stanley, stanley. passed away uh at the age of 95 and uh his the, there was a there was a column that stanley used to write in the late 60s called stan's soapbox mm-hmm. and back in so let's just keep in mind that stanley is a person who apart from making cameos in marvel films which is known which is known for in the present generation of pop culture he also created characters like black panther like spider-man and uh you know these are all uh they have a racial undertone to them of how they come from a certain background and how they are still fighting against fighting for their rights in the world so stands stands uh so box the column is your recommendation he, yeah is my recommendation but a particular one uh, which talks about the bigotry and racism that which are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today it was written in 68 which is way ahead of its time okay awesome amit 
two recommendation one is that i faced recently uh, while looking for a flat for my friend and it uh, the article was published in news 18 mm-hmm. uh, i know i am a mus- muslim as others don't let me forget when house hunting in metros turn in turns into nightmare this is, this is one article this is an issue that rohan had spoken about when he was doing one of his reports and we've discussed this in an earlier podcast and your second recommendation yeah, be second recommendation is it could uh, end up being a gem for the it sales fake news websites uh, the face mapping technology raising fears about fake news Uh, it's a short video on BBC. I have two recommendations, both from the New York Times. One is Adugan presses for answers from Saudi prince in Khashoggi's killing. I mean, I think it is really important because just like we were talking about how news reports sort of phase out or fall out of media limelight, Washington Post is continuously pushing for answers in their uh, in Jamal Khashoggi's killing, and I think that is very encouraging that there's some hope that someone is actually doing that. And the second is a very strongly worded editorial on Washington Post sorry not New York Times about to rescue Yemen the US must end all military support to the Saudi I think with what is going on with Saudi Arabia this is very important uh, thing to read uh, I want to close the podcast by saying please 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 write to us give us your feedback and uh, also do pay to keep news free and independent because if you want the media to improve if you want the media to become the ideal media that we were talking about during the podcast you will have to support it because when the public pays the public is served when corporations governments and advertisers pay they will be served so subscribe to news laundry or any other media independent media organization of your choice to subscribe to news laundry visit newslaundry.com/subscription happy subscribing and thank you panel for joining us thank you thank you and parikshit and analji for the recording all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.